hi guys. Um, is it Mr. Nikiforos? I'm so encouraged. You come up here and you share with us what you've been reading in your quiet time. So encouraged. I think all of us need to be more like you. Hey, just telling us about the churches and about Smyrna and all that beautiful stuff. We need to be encouraging one another and sharing with one another like you did. Thank you for doing that. That was really incredible. And can I encourage all of you? The next time Tony says, did something happen in the week? There is no excuse. You've got seven days. So, the Lord spoke to me at the beginning of this year, and he said to me, you're not allowed to prepare sermons. I was like, ah, because I have to preach regularly. But it's been amazing. Because, like this morning, getting up, I, I literally had no idea what I was going to say. And I just go to the Bible, and he speaks. And it's been quite amazing that you make room for the Holy Spirit, and he moves. And so as we're here at the moment, uh, the lady on audiovisual has no idea where I'm going, and nor do I. <clears throat> Romans chapter 1, and let's read together. You might want to open your Bible if you have the New Living Translation. If you don't, you're just going to confuse yourself. Which one? I don't know which one it is. New living, uh, the new living one. <clears throat> and we're going to read something that I was not expecting to preach to you this afternoon. From verse 18. Can, can you pop that up? How, it, how long does it take to put up big chunks of scripture on your... Yo, that's, that's beautiful, hey? Yo, that's so good. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to read it together, and we're going to see what the Holy Spirit says. Is that okay? Okay, feel free to say something if you feel like you should say something, Shongi, in particular. Okay. But God shows His anger from heaven. Now, hold on. God angry? I mean, I thought, Jesus loves you. God loves you so much. Even the book of Romans starts with how God shows his love for us. But now he uses a different word. God shows his anger from heaven. Did you know that God is angry? God is angry. Against something. All sinful, wicked people... This is the wrong translation. It's okay. I, I want the new living, but all the... I know it says new living at the bottom. I know. But my new living says something else. So you can leave that there, but I'm going to read this one. Is that okay? And it says, Against all sinful wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Your, your one says the same? See, I'm right. As usual. No, I'm, I'm kidding. God is angry against all wicked, sinful people because they are suppressing something. 
Yes, how did you do that? <laughs> NIV. Okay. Yeah, but as we go along, it's going to be different, but that's okay. They're suppressing the truth by their wickedness. The devil. Do you know the devil? He is the father of lies. He comes only to Gordon, you know your Bible. I like that. So does God. He comes only to steal. He's the father of lies. And when he lies, he's speaking his native language, it says. How do you know the devil is lying? His lips are moving. He's lying. And the Bible teaches us that he is the God of this world. He is the God of this age. And everything that he has in place in the world, when it talks to you, is lying. When you look at the TV, he's lying. When you look at Facebook, Instagram, all those other social media platforms, and they say, this is the priority, this is important, this is, you've got to be cool, you've got to be this, you've got to be that. They are lying. And God is angry from heaven and he's showing his anger against all wicked people because they are lying. They are suppressing the truth. They are pushing the truth away. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. What, what, what truth about God has he made obvious? Well, let's see. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Have you seen the earth? Have you seen that mountain out there? Have you seen the sea last week on Wednesday with the big waves? No? There's far too few surfers out here. Have you seen the Grand Canyon? Have you seen Mount Everest? Have you seen the Amazon rainforests? Have you seen Antarctica with all the snow and ice? Have you seen how tiny that massive earth is when you start to look up into the sky? Have you... How many planets are there? Ten? Eight? Are there eight planets? Do you know their names? Which one is the closest to the sun? Mercury. Which one is the furthest from the sun? Gordon, you. You. I like you, bro. Hey. You are a wealth of not only Bible knowledge. Yeah, bro. Don't downplay. It's important to have knowledge. 
And here the Bible says that there's something that we can know about God by looking at the earth and the sky. What do you see when you look at the sky? Clouds, yes. Stars. What are stars? What is your name? Minky. Minka. Is it, I'm saying it wrong, eh? Oh, Minka. What are stars, Minka? Basically big burning balls of gas. How big? Very incised. Yes, that's getting away with... It's, it's true, but you're suppressing the truth. The, the correct answer, Mika, is very big. How many Earths can you fit in our sun? Hey, Siri. How many Earths can you fit in our sun? One point three million Earths. One point three million Earths in our sun. And you know that our sun is one of the smallest stars in the universe. How many stars are in our Milky Way galaxy? Gordon? Have a guess. No, that isn't a number. Millions, yes, they, yeah. Okay, let's ask Siri. Hey Siri, how many stars are in the Milky Way galaxy? 200 billion and 400 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Approximately 200 billion or 400 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Okay. Okay. Hey Siri, how many galaxies are there in the known universe? Here's an answer from thoughtco.com. The observable universe consists of approximately 100 billion galaxies. The observable universe has approximately 100 billion galaxies, of which the Milky Way is one. And the Milky Way has somewhere between two and four hundred billion stars, of which the sun is one of the smallest. What is obvious about God? He's what? He, he's really big and powerful and Great. And? What did you say? Extraordinary. 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 And? Powerful. And? Mighty. And? Creative. He didn't just... What did you say, Nathan? 
Sorry? Infinite. What he made is so huge that we only know how big it is by what we can so far see. But we don't know what's beyond that. He's infinite. How many? How many atoms are there in a grain of sand? Hey Siri. How many atoms are there in a grain of sand? Here's what I found from ReversoNet. There are a million, million, billion atoms in each individual grain of sand. There are a million, million, billion atoms in a grain of sand. What does that tell you about God? He, he cares about the details. What else does it tell you about God? We cannot fathom the size and scale and yet the care and infinite micro working of God. Thank you, Siri. Since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. Isn't that a beautiful sentence? You can clearly see his invisible qualities. What does invisible mean? It means you can't see it. And yet, with God, you can see things about him which are invisible by looking at what he made. You can see things about him, all the words you used, by simply looking at what he made. What can you tell about the person that made this watch? Excuse me, Graham? He's a watchmaker. <laughs> you, see, you see why I keep Graham close to me, eh? Can't let him too far. Somebody who has precision. Okay? It's a precision tool. What else? The maker's name is on there. Oh, that was a great one. Remind me your name? Albertus. The maker's name is on it. Vittori Knox. Uh, whatever. I can't. Swiss Army. There we go. My eyes on. It's made in Switzerland. What else can you tell about it? About him? No, no, not the watch. <laughs> Damien, you know what the Bible says, eh? It says you must be not quick to answer. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What can you tell about the maker? Of this by looking at it. You don't mind if I joke with you, eh? Thanks, Brie. The maker of the watch. 
Oh, the maker of us. Yes. You see, so the maker of us, we can tell that he keeps track of us. He watches over us. He cares for us. Okay, that's cool. So, but you can tell, for example, they care about whether you can go in the water or not. It's made for a purpose. It's a diving watch. Okay? They make it for old people because the numbers are big. You can, you can tell a lot about something like this. Do you think this watch came together by chance? Because let me tell you, you go to school, you study science, they tell you that not only this watch, but the entire universe came together by chance. If we compare the complexity of this watch and your eye, this watch is like nothing compared to the complexity of your eye. And your eye is like nothing compared to one strand of DNA in your body. body. There's more information in your DNA than there is on multiple laptops. And it all came together by chance. God is angry in heaven. Because people suppress what is obvious about him from what he's made. Let's continue. I'm just going to put my watch back on. It makes me look like I'm going to speak for only a short amount of time if I keep my watch on. It's suppressing the truth. His invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature. Okay? We said power, didn't we? But how can you see his divine nature? What does divine nature mean? Isn't it amazing? How many of you read this before? I hope some of you have read this before. I, I asked a question. How many of you have read this before? Oh, great. Thank Caleb, you haven't read this before. I'm so glad we're reading it together, bro. This is awesome. What does divine nature mean? Pierre, you were teaching us? Supremacy. He's over and above everything. That's great. I love that word, supremacy. Good teacher. I like that. Who's laughing? Shongi. What does divine nature mean? Beyond what we can imagine. Oh, that's good. That's a good effort, Shongi. Well done. Mr. Nikiforos, what does divine nature mean? It's not just human, it's above human. Who, if they walked in here, would you say is divine? <laughs> Other than Tony. Or Lindsay. What about the queen? She's human. 
divine means he is over. He's the ruler. He's in charge of everything. He's the king of the universe. He made it for himself. He rules it for himself. He sustains every breath that your body is breathing by the power of his word. He just needs to stop sustaining and everything stops. That's the God that we're talking about. And that God is angry from heaven against everyone who suppresses the obvious truth about him. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. Isn't that amazing? They wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. Why? I would have hoped you would have learned by now when I ask a question. Shongi, no more laughing, please. I'm playing. You're welcome to laugh. I love it. Yes. Are you putting up your hand, Andre? Okay. They don't worship him as God or even give him thanks because the God of this world has blinded them. Has blinded their eyes. But here it says they know him. And they know that he's there. And even knowing it. So they're not blind. Even knowing it. They've chosen not to worship him. Or even to give him thanks. Well. Why is it important to worship. Or give thanks. To God. Excuse me. We were created to know Him and to enjoy Him and to be amazed by Him. We were amazed. We were created to be raptured by His love, to be humbled by His greatness, to be filled with Him and to bow before and to worship Him. The Bible says, Where? Matthew, chapter, <laughs> okay, Matthew, I, I don't have my little Bible here with me, um, where is it? I could ask Siri, but um, uh, he, he gave, oh, it's, it's, it's in Romans. Um, the, the Apostle Paul, he talks about, uh, no, 
It's something about God gave the people of Israel his word and the, pro- and, and the, and the prophets and the laws. And, and then it says, and he gave them the privilege of worshiping him. Any idea where that is? Google. Here we go. <clears throat> Romans chapter 9 verse 4. Romans chapter 9 verse 4. Here we go. This is the Apostle Paul and he's speaking about his, his brothers, his fellow countrymen, the Israelites. And he says, with Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, the Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. Oh my goodness. I don't have that kind of love. I would not be willing to be cut off from Christ for anything. They are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed His glory to them. He made covenants with them. He gave them His law. He gave them the privilege of worshipping Him. Do you think, when you come to worship, that it's a privilege for God to receive our worship? God gives us the privilege of being able to worship Him. Isn't that amazing? The best thing I can, I, I, I can use to illustrate, okay? And I'm going to try and keep it tidy. When I look at my wife, I have no option when I look at the, in her eyes. And I'm just like, oh... It's true. Have you seen those eyes? And when you get close up, like they, they're blue and green and they sparkle. And I, and I am absolutely raptured. And I'm going to stick with the eyes. But I love every part of her, right? It's a privilege for me to wake up every day and to be married to her. That she's mine. To be able to hear her heart. To be able to get her perspective. It's a privilege for me to be able to be so close to my wife. It's a privilege. What a great privilege has God given us. That we get to see Him. And that we get to worship. It's a privilege. And so, before that rabbit trail, they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. Those who suppress the truth about God refuse to worship him, to bow down, to humble themselves before him, and to give him thanks. Thanks for what? That I'm still breathing. What was, Rui, what was that song? You're everything. Um, here's my heart, Lord. And then you are. Have you got that song? Please, can we look at it again? Oh, my goodness. 
you were inspired by the Holy Spirit when you chose that song? Here's my heart. Uh, okay, so the, before this, in that song, before, before, I think that could be that's the beginning, hey? Okay, yes. You are strong, you are sure, you are life, you enjoy, you are good, always true, you are light, breaking through. What else? You are, I am found. I am yours, I'm loved, I'm made pure, I have life, I can breathe, I am healed, Yana, I am free, right? How much to worship for, what he's done, how beautiful he is, how awesome he is. And we are made to worship. We are made to shout from the rooftops. Jesus said it this way. You are the salt of the earth. The salt is to bring the taste of God. It's to bring the ingredients of God. It's to bring the preservation of God. To bring the holiness, the, 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 the truth. The joy of God into every situation that you walk into. He said, you are the light of the world. You're the light. If you walk into a room and nobody goes, your light is not shining enough. And if, if, if your light is not shining enough, it doesn't mean try harder. It means get closer to the one who is the light. And let him live through you more. That was the beating of the meeting. Okay, let's move on. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God is like. What do you think God is like that is actually just a foolish idea of Him? That He never gets angry. What about He will keep on letting you get away with that secret hidden sin for the rest of your life? What about this foolish idea about God? That because nothing has happened so far, and you've been living this way, nothing will ever happen. It won't change. That it doesn't really matter whether you obey Him in that area or not. It doesn't really matter if you're pure, or if what you look at is pure doesn't really matter if you're just cheating on your taxes because it's just the South African government and they are corrupt anyway so they don't really deserve it it doesn't really matter if I get angry so long as it's just with my family 
and nobody else sees it. I love you, Marvin. What? A, you're a deacon, right? You can see. Only a deacon would do that. Can you see that? How beautiful was that? That's Jesus Christ right there, Marvin. Helping me open this bottle. Another foolish thought about God. It doesn't matter if I really read the Bible because I never get anything out of it anyway. It's just the word of God for me. Foolish ideas of what God is like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. The more and more we think wrong about God, the more darkness and depression and pain and dissatisfaction and unhappiness we will fill our lives with. The more we think right about God, the more light, the more freedom, the more transparency, the more humility, the more walking in the light, the more correctly I see myself that I am nothing. I am just a sinner that needs a savior. The more I, the, the better I see my brothers in relation to me. That I'm not something special. I'm not. But I can honor my brothers. I can serve. The greatest thing I can do. The better I see God, the more my life starts to make sense. And there's purpose and light and joy and life and peace. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Who does the world lift up as an example of, if you can be a success, you would be like this person? Who's the most successful person you know? Marco? Leroy? You guys were discussing somebody. <laughs> You're joking. You don't want to say. Bill Gates, Elon Musk. And who are you saying, Marco? The Bible says every secret whispered will, will be shouted from the rooftop. No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Elon Musk. Oh, wow. Success. Have you met his wife? Have you met Elon's wife? Have you, have you seen his wife? Does he have a wife? Ex-wife? Girlfriend? Partner? How's that relationship going? Have you seen his kids? How's that going for them? Strange. 
Have you seen the church that he goes to? No? Why? Doesn't go to church. Because he doesn't need God. Because he's one of the people that God is angry with. Because he doesn't acknowledge his divine power and the obligation that he has to bow his knees and to worship because he's the man. And that's also a lie. Because the Bible says it is the Lord who gives the ability to create wealth. It is the Lord who gives the ability to create wealth. But Elon thinks it's him. Or it's his education, or it's his entrepreneurship, or it's his South Africanship. Who else? I'm not just here to criticize Elon. I'm worse than he is. Zuckerberg, Bezos. Ah, you're talking about the wealthy people. Okay, who else? Do you know? Do you know? Just to give you an example, why? Why? It is so utterly foolish to think that somebody wealthy is successful. Because the Bible says those who have a desire to become rich, they have pierced themselves with many, many sorrows, many pangs. They are owned by great anxiety and worry to try to sustain the thing that they never created in the first place. You want to curse your kids? Give them a huge inheritance. They will lose their feeling. They will lose their appreciation for everything. And life will become dark and miserable. And they will run to drugs. And they will try to find something to fill the gap that the money has just stuffed itself into. The wisdom of God is so much greater than the lies of this world. Who else? And then we're going to close soon. Whitey. He's also rich. Yeah. Who else? I'm thinking about not rich people. Who else does the world elevate? Nelson Mandela, you say. Lionel Messi. Ronaldo. Who else? Okay, I didn't watch football, so I don't know. Mo, whoever he is. I assume he's a football player, right? Okay. Why? Why are these people wonderful? Because they are talented. And they entertain us with the talent that who gave them? And do they acknowledge God? Do they worship Him and give Him thanks? No. So they are included in this bunch. Uh oh. I'm going to ask you to. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read one more verse. Now I lied. I'm going to read two. One more in this chapter and then just one in the next chapter. And then we're going to finish. Is that okay? Okay. We, we, we had said 
Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools, okay? Instead of worshipping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshipped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Here's the verse I wanted to read. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. Remember I said there's a foolish thing that we can think about God, and that is that we are going to keep getting away with that thing that we're getting away with that nobody knows. Okay? And if you're wondering, do I know what it is? No, I don't. But we think wrongly about God. We think that because we're getting away with it and nothing's happening, the judgment of God is actually not coming on us. I did not prepare this. I don't know what you're doing. But listen to this. The judgment of God is coming upon you in this way that God will continue to allow you to do that thing. With no one finding out. And your heart will continue to go after that idol. With no one finding out. And your heart will love it. And your heart will harden. And your heart will run after something that is not God. And the only thing that you will lose is the greatest thing you could ever lose, which is God himself. We're in Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to finish with one verse of Romans chapter 2. Verse 1. You may think you can condemn such people. Those foolish, utter. But you are just as bad. And you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and they should be punished, you're condemning yourself. For you who judge others do these very same things. And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things. Verse 4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sins? Jesus, when he started his ministry, he preached a message, which was this. Repent of your sins and turn to God, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent of your sins and turn back to God, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does at hand mean? When I'm sitting at my big dining room table, and we've got a wonderful meal that Annie's made, Often, she puts the carrots at the other side of the table. The carrots are not anymore at hand for me. Only the meat, which is right near me, is at hand. The carrots are out of reach. And the message that Jesus preached, he said, repent of your sins and turn to God because the kingdom of heaven is still within your reach. 
And many people came to him. And many people came to John the Baptist. There was the same message. And they confessed their sins. They said, yes, I'm a sinner. And they were baptized. And they were forgiven of their sins. And they were set free. Jesus is here today. And the message is, even though we recognize the world is all those things that we read in Romans chapter 1. Ignoring God, refusing to worship Him, whatever. There's areas in our lives that the Holy Spirit wants to shine His light on. And His message to us is, we need to con confess our sins, repent of our sins. Repent means simply, you were sinning, turn around and return to God. And the way that you repent is you confess. You say, God, I've sinned against you. And the Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I'm going to ask, if we just close our eyes so that we can be wise and we can respond rightly to God, to His love, to His Holy Spirit here, and to His Holy Spirit's prompting. And I don't believe that God wants to embarrass anyone. But we're just going to have a time of quiet. Holy Spirit, would you please convict us of our sins? Remind us of your righteousness, your holiness, your beauty. And I want to invite you to repent of your sins and to turn back to God and to take hold of Him with all your heart. Would you just talk to Him now? I'm going to keep quiet now for the next three minutes. I'm going to go and sit on my chair and repent of my sins and turn to Him as well.